Well, 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 look who's back. Not only me, but I had to bring a friend back from Vegas. And you know what? All Nestlemania, he's been running amok lately, causing some issues. We kicked him to the curb for a week, and it was a good week to do it because I'm bringing in my boy TJ here, an expert in a certain someone who returned last night. Well, thanks for having me. You know, it's good to see Nestle going to timeout after all those awful takes last week because I couldn't deal with it. You know, you were surely missed last week. Yeah, you know, I uh, I got in, obviously, I heard a little bit live when I uh, hopped in in the pool there, having my uh, pina colada, but I, I didn't really get to fully catch up till Sunday, and TJ, boy, was I upset at some of the things he said, so we'll try to rectify it this week, but we only start the show one way on the Jobberknocker, and that is in the shine, always in the shine, Mandy Rose, the measuring stick, but someone else, TJ, another former NXTer returned on Raw, and I'm sure is your greatest shine of all time. It was my greatest shine. It caught me off guard, too, because I was just kind of, you know, dozing off to sleep, watching Raw, and then all of a sudden, I hear the music, I'm like, no way. And I was waiting for Austin Theory to come out and just troll us all, and then when Johnny Gargano actually walked out, I popped real hard. It was really exciting. Yeah, no, it was awesome, because like you said, there was, like, it came back from commercial, they're kind of in the crowd, the music and the Tron hit, and you're like, holy shit, what's going on here? And then you're like, Wait a minute. This is going to be a troll job. Theory or somebody like Theory is going to come out. But sure enough, out came Gargano. And uh, our man on the ground in Canada, who was actually working the show, said backstage they had no idea this was happening. The script just said uh, Theory promo. So they were all under the impression when the music hit, it was the same thing. So, you know, it's one thing we've seen with Triple H over the years is the man is very good at keeping things close to the vest, keeping the small circle and not letting the leaks get out. And for this, I thought it was highly effective. Yeah, it definitely was. And then, of course, we got the the Way come, uh, reunion, which was nice. Yeah, no, and that this, was awesome. The super kick that was not well, – it wasn't – not that it wasn't expected, but, you know, it was very well needed, and it sets up a nice feud, hopefully. Yeah, you figured it was coming. I mean, part of me, you know, as a big Way lover, really wanted to get that hug, that embrace, but – I mean, Theory's just such a dick right now. It had to be done. I am excited to see, like, maybe if this is a short little program they have here to get Gargano back in to kind of hold Theory off from cashing in because I do think he needs more of these, and obviously the history's here. So I think this is a very exciting thing moving forward for both guys. Completely agree, and that was exciting stuff, so... So, TJ, that was the most exciting thing on Raw. I thought Raw did have a lot of good things, but I actually want to jump to SmackDown because there was something, there were two things, actually, that I absolutely loved, and they were kind of related because the same guy was involved in both. To me, the Sami Zayn-Roman Reigns backstage segment was one of the better backstage segments we've seen in a long time. Oh, definitely. And, I mean, Sami is gold on the mic. Like, he's 
outstanding and he was a good foil for Roman Reigns and setting up as, you know, the little baby that he is. And then yeah, he ended no. up going to save the day later in the show. <laughs> yeah, no, that was cool. And that was like the big thing of this is that the USOs obviously weren't allowed to, uh, they didn't come to Canada. They got a well-deserved night off. So I think that was kind of Roman's like motivation here. It's like, you know, not really use Sammy till he needs them. And it, like you said, it did pay off because he saved him from a Claymore at the end of the show, but it didn't stop Drew from eventually getting one up on him. But the one thing that I uh, keep an eye on is obviously, I believe it's Sammy has the issue with Jimmy. But uh, Roman did say, he's like, why don't you bring that intercontinental title back to the bloodline? Obviously, Sammy came up short, but TJ, probably my favorite match of the week was that Fatal 5-Way. That thing was super hot fire! Uh, it was definitely, it was great, because usually multi-man matches like that are fun, because you get lots of little feuds and lots of little battles and whatnot. Um, and they maintained my, I think it was a three-segment match, too, which was really great, you know. Great to see and get to see lots of things, including a shirtless Baron Corbin, which we haven't seen in <laughs> quite some time. Hey, we all win when we see a shirtless Baron Corbin. So, uh, you see but, our boy uh, Dom checking in saying Sammy and Roman is his segment of the year. Five flames, too. Look at I that. mean, hey, it might be up there because I can't think of too many that were better. Because we've seen, I mean, the, Sammy had one with Vince, I think. Was that earlier this year? That was really yeah. good, too. There's something about Sammy with some of the top stars backstage. It's good. I mean, Sammy's a stud, but it's definitely up there. It was a very subtle, like, promo, too. Like, it was just kind of a walk-in. It was kind of reminiscent of uh, some of the old-school Attitude Arrow backstage promos, too, with Vince. So I enjoyed it, and it was nice to see. Yeah, and it was kind of cool, I think, to see, like, that other side of Roman, too, because, you know, we always know Roman is very calculated, very intelligent. Like, that's why him and Heyman together are so scary. So you can just see him, like, you know, the wheels turning in his head as he's talking to Sammy, but also, like, showing genuine, like, imp like that he's a little impressed with Sammy with some of the things he does. So I think it's something really cool that I think is a nice little wrinkle moving forward, assuming that, you know, our favorite tribal cuck uh, shows up, tpublic.com slash jobberknocker. One of the new designs there. Uh, but he did show up on SmackDown, so we'll see. Maybe if he shows up again. Probably not. The Usos will come back and uh, carry the torch for him, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, Drew McIntyre for a minute because he maintained Ooh. his momentum that he built last week. Because last week on Raw, like he was super hot fire on the mic, and then he carried it over to SmackDown. I think he continued that momentum that he's got going. And, I mean, it was nice to see the pose down at the end with the belts, so... You know, we'll see if he can keep that going till Cardiff. This is the most interested I have been in top star Drew McIntyre probably ever for me personally, because I thought that promo like he really uh, showed something. It was like, OK, I feel like they kind of took the cuffs off a little bit. I think he was a guy that probably had a lot of freedom, but it just like that promo with KO was like the most comfortable I think I've ever really seen him without being like the hokey dokey, like, oh, I have a sword or whatever. He's kind of always felt like a big, goofy cartoon character to me, but him dialing it back in was good. And now when I'm watching him and Roman, it does feel a little more legit. And I am coming around to that. I would be completely okay if he was the one to beat Roman, which is something I probably wouldn't have said even a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I think, I think Nestle is right when it comes to what's going to happen at the end of Cardiff. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but I think, you know, leading into carrying Cross's promo, I think Karrion Cross is going to cost him that, and then Austin Theory might cash in because Karrion Cross's promo was, you know, all about all about Drew McIntyre, all about him being the chosen one, and it's just going to set up a feud. And I think he's going to, I think Drew's going to win. He's going to have that pose with the pop in Cardiff, and then Karrion Cross is going to come out and attack him, and and then we get Theory. But I hate saying Nestle's right, but. 
He could be right about this. He's wrong about everything else, which we'll get to. But as Bertsky says, the chosen one, that again, it's that little extra layer that they're adding to this feud that's making me interested. But yeah, I am curious your take here because obviously um, Nestle and I go back and forth and we've talked this about a million times, but it's nice to bounce off uh, ideas um, on someone new here is that because obviously the titles right now, they are unified as you see the tribal cuck. But obviously with the money in bank, there's at least an opportunity there with somehow maybe to split them. There's rumors of a, a draft possibly uh, coming after, you know, soon enough where they maybe could split the titles again. But obviously if Theory cashes in or McIntyre wins, like do you see a scenario where maybe they could figure out how to split these titles sooner rather than later? See, I thought they were going to split it with Money in the Bank, too, because they originally said it was for a world title shot. But now they've been saying for the WWE Universal Undisputed, whatever they're calling it today, cha- championship. So, <laughs> sorry, I saw someone wrote hashtag Nestle Stones, so. <laughs> Our boy Doc checking in from uh, one of his many podcasts. You heard him last week, the TLDR Comic Book Club, the Backcracker. Uh, he also, you know, is uh, saying bring back himself. Uh, Doc, let's calm down. We're gonna. I like this one better. We're going to go uh, Nestle Stakes. I might just leave that up the whole show. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. good. <laughs> no, but I, I I think it is interesting because I think that would be a way to do it. It's just as hunky. And one thing I did notice is in Theory's promo last night is he kept saying the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, yep. which I know is the WWE and the Universal, so that is still kind of the combined. But I thought it was interesting that he kept, like it was the Universal was the part that stood out to me because I think the other one you could call the WWE World Championship. So yep. I don't know if that's kind of hinting that maybe like if he cashes in and he only gets one or something, but I don't know. There's definitely a way they can do it, but they are going to have to do it right so it isn't clunky. Yeah, I agreed. So uh, I'm curious what else you like for Shine this week, TJ, as I think so. Unlike our boy Guthrie, I really enjoyed the women's tag match on SmackDown between okay. Toxic Attraction and uh, Natalia and Sonia. I enjoyed it. It was a fun match. Um, he buried it and said it was the worst thing that he's seen. So he's got some bad takes, though. So He does. And, and you know, we might get to we get to some Guthrie bashing later with some things. Because, you know, it's oh. like our favorite thing to do here. You know, he agrees with Nestle too much. And Nestle's not here. So, you know what? You got to go at him. But uh, yeah. I will say this, TJ. Um, I didn't hate the match. I didn't think it was terrible. I thought the one on Monday was fine. It was a little clunky as well. But yeah. the the Friday match was not our girl Gigi's best showing. And I love her. Gigi, <laughs> no, if wasn't. you're listening, I'd gladly marry you. But in terms of that match, that was it, I didn't think it was good. This is my nestle coming out in me a little bit here because, you know, it just it's – It was it a fun was, match. I think she was hurt, good. though. So. She, def- she might have been, yeah. And as you as uh, we now know, Toxic Attraction, even though they picked up the win, have been removed to the tournament because of Gigi's injury. So they're having a uh, last chance fatal four with the four eliminated teams, which we'll get yeah. to later. But yeah, no, to me, it was, it was, I thought it was all shine of them being there, getting to see them on SmackDown. I was even excited this week in their semifinal match that maybe Mandy would come with them. But yeah, that was yeah. a little disappointing Mandy didn't come with them because, you know, that would have been always nice to see, put her on a, Ooh, Dom says sack of shit. I don't know what he's referring to. Probably that match. Probably that Um, match. (laughs) I don't know if I'd call it a sack of shit, but it's certainly it wasn't that uh, bad. It wasn't as bad as Guthrie made it sound out. No, but I mean, I saw his tweet and I was like, come on. No, there's a there's a little Nestle and Guthrie. They get along pretty well, you know. Even even though I'm the one who went to high school with Guthrie, it's like Nestle and Guthrie seem like they came out of the womb together. That could have been why I enjoyed the match too, because I had no expectations. So yeah, no, I think I think that's definitely part of it. Because for me, like when I was watching it, it didn't really take away from it because I was 
so excited to see Toxic Attraction get their opportunity to shine for a bigger audience to see them. And, you know, JC's honestly been doing great work in NXT. I think she's one of the more underrated women's wrestlers on the roster. She doesn't get the credit because she's uh, next to two of the hottest women on the planet. Um, so it just is what it is. But, uh, no, I think it was definitely, I agree that it was shine that they were there. But, uh, Ness, uh, Jesus, I almost called oh. you Nessa. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. Between my Vegas fog, the illness I brought back with me, which is why I'm drinking piss, and then just like too much time with him. Oh boy, I just I, I called you Nestle TJ. I would like you to forgive me, but I would like to go to another part of Shine since we're since we're talking about Nestle. I'm putting Liv Morgan in the Shine, baby. Ooh. She got the big clean win over Shotzi. Shane attacked, but here's something I want to say as uh, Bert uh, points out that he's on the JC fan club. I agree. Is you know because I've listened to Nestle, especially last week, bash on Liv, and you know Doc, I will say you did a great job. Besides this, this was your opportunity. Is like, what do you want when you're booking Liv versus Ronda? And this is directly at Nestle specifically, and many other people. It's just like, do you want her to go out there and just win clean and look like a great champion? That don't make no goddamn sense. Liv Morgan is an underdog. It is incredible that a she even got to this point. B, she survived this lot in the WWE and C, now that she is an unexpected champion. So, when, yeah, of course she's going to have to look weak when she's defending her title. It just is what it is. And, yes, I do agree that when you are a babyface, it is a tough scene because, yeah, the crowd can turn. But I do think that it is an opportunity for you to, like, at some point, Liv is going to have to embrace that, you know what? Yeah, I'm not just going to beat Ronda Rousey one one in a clean fight. I am going to have to viva la raza a little bit and lie, cheat, and steal because she's undersized. She's Ron is like legit one of the baddest women on the planet. Like, you know, that's why a lot of the times when you see a lot of the smaller superstars when they win championships, they turn heel pretty quickly and they get a faction because it's an easy way to protect them. So it is a little bit of uncharted territory. But when you complain about the way they're booking live, it's just like, okay. Then give me a reason how you do it differently. Because you've got a babyface champion who is an underdog. How do you expect her to defend her title when she's going against Ronda fucking Rousey, who probably, like, arguably, you line up a bunch of women all time, she might be the toughest. So it'll be interesting to see how they do Booker versus Shayna. You know, they could just have her beat her clean as a sheet, clean as a sheet, which, you know, the way Shayna's been booked in her main roster career is believable. Real life, maybe not so believable, but... That's just something I want to point out here is I think you have to, I think you're looking at it one way. You have to look at it from all different ways is that maybe they are building a storyline here where eventually there will be a live turn or something, but you know, in the short term, they can't bust out all these little tricks because it isn't believable for little old live to beat Ronda Rousey. One, two, three. Yeah. And you brought up Eddie Guerrero. I think her, her championship reign is going to be more like Rey Mysterio, where she's going to be the underdog the entire time, and she's going to have to weasel win victories throughout the time. I mean, you look back at Rey Mysterio when he was world champion, like, he never had easy wins. Like, they were always difficult. He was up against someone much bigger, much stronger, that it wasn't believable that he was going to win, but he utilized that underdog, and I think that's exactly what Liv Morgan's going to have to do in this and I think she's doing a good job with it right now. I mean, and that was a good, big victory for her over Shotzi. Yeah, no, it was a much-needed win. Someone like Shotzi, you can go out there and have her have a good performance, kind of get a little bit back, but especially leading into the Shayna. But another guy is, I mean, you look at Daniel Bryan. Like, I remember some of his feuds. Remember he was in, like, a triple threat with Mark Henry and Big Show? It's like, he shouldn't win that, but it was a triple threat, so he let him beat up each other, and, you know, he weaves his way out. So there's yeah. always ways around it. Um, I do think, because I saw, like, I think that Liv's reign has already lasted longer than most people thought. I thought they thought it would be a short thing. So I don't expect it to end in Cardiff. I do think this is probably, 
I think maybe before the Rumble, she might drop it, maybe in the late winter. But I do think this rain is going to continue to last a little longer than most people expect. Yeah. Uh, what else you got for Shine this week, TJ? Um, I had Balor and Ziggler, um, mm. especially the opening, the you know, the segment leading up to it with them, you know, bashing each other for being the same age, and then the slap, and then the, are you going to be a little bitch and get up? And there was a great little segment, and then the match was a banger. Like the two of them can go, so it was nice to see a nice match in Raw. You know, we've seen lots of great wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I was super excited when I saw this was a match. And like you said, the backstage thing kind of like set me up for it too. Cause I was like, ooh, Ziggler looking like a badass. I like that. And like Finn's like a little chihuahua right now. He's really cocky, but he did back it up. He got the win. Um, so I did enjoy that. But it was funny. I think that there was a chant at the beginning of the match that was, you can't yeah. wrestle. And I was like, who the fuck are you chanting that at? He's like, two of the best. Yeah, I heard that too. And I'm like, these are two of the best that can go. And you're going to chant, you can't wrestle on that? Like, come on now. That's yeah, just no. someone trying to get on TV. <laughs> yep, for sure. And, you know, Raw honestly has become, uh, I've said it the last like month or so, or pretty much since Triple H taking over, maybe even a little before. It's become my second favorite weekly show. And it's a lot of it's because you get that, do- that good mix of character and the good wrestling. Another example of the really good wrestling was uh, Gable and KO. Obviously, yeah. what, to get there, we had the entertainment before. Shoosh, please. I mean, Gable's mic work right now is up there. I'd put his work against anyone in this current run he's doing. It's so entertaining. He's the perfect heel to send out there for the crowd. I kind of expected KO to come out because obviously he was undressed in Canada. But I, the one thing that did bother me a little bit about it, and this this is, again, this is a little bit of nestle in me. It's just like, these guys were thick as thieves like a month ago. And so when he came out, I did want a little interaction that would have at least acknowledged that. Because, like, Gable was his guy when he was going at Ezekiel. And they just kind of ignored it completely, which maybe KO's just put on this stone face, like, gone back in time, reverted to what he was. But I would have liked at least a little nod in the promo before the match started of that. So, But besides that, the match was awesome. The segment was a lot of fun. Yeah, lots of good matches on Raw. Because even Edge versus Priest was great. Like, that was a great match with some great story. And Edge did a great oh, – someone said, what is? what do you think of Finn's new music? Love it. I actually really like it too. I thought it really fit his heel uh, persona. Um, I like that him and Priest both have like new Judgment Day music, but when they come out for their singles matches, it's something unique. That's the one thing I always kind of like about factions is like there is a faction song, but each individual person still has their own song because it kind of keeps that variety. So when you have, you know, the two guys in single matches on the same show, you're not getting the same thing over and over. But I did like it because obviously like Finn had awesome music, but it was very babyface music. So yeah. this fits a heel much better. You mean you didn't like when you heard the NWO theme 16 times on Nitro? You know? No, like that shit, like it just is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, our boy Tony Khan over in AEW has apparently been trying to do it with the Trustbusters, you know, just playing that song over and over again because everyone wants the Trustbusters apparently. Ooh. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. Um. So I'm curious. I have a few other things here I do want to talk about. Um. That is, uh, I know he's a big, you're a big fan of his uh, back from when he used to write for NXT. Dexter Loomis has been obviously lurking around Raw, causing some havoc, but we got an abduction this week, TJ. Dexter Loomis abducted The Miz. I popped for this big time. I did too. Like, it came out, like, I don't want to say it came out of nowhere because he popped up, but he literally snatched him. Like, he looked like he was a... (laughs) Dragged him all the way up the stairs. He looked like he was a pro at kidnapping, so I'm a little concerned what Dexter Loomis is doing on his side job, but he just a little dragged him up the stairs and The Miz couldn't even fight back, and no one really said anything. It was just kind of like, oh, what's happening? 
Yeah, no, I thought it was kind of cool because obviously we've seen Loomis kind of lurking around Miz and AJ, and we obviously saw someone like Assault AJ in the same thing and a different masked man, which I kind of zoomed in on his face. I don't recognize him, so maybe he is someone they've signed or maybe it truly was a random or a plant or something. But So that I think is something interesting to think about. But obviously, like, Dexter was the star of this because we know who he is. And him and the Miz, like, if, for a character like Dexter to really, really be successful, especially on a first impression, once again, the Miz is a perfect guy. Yep. So absolutely, it's it good to see that. We'll see. I'm kind of curious where they're going to go with it, or how long the Miz is going to be gone, or if he's kidnapped, or what Dexter is going to do with him. But hopefully, I'm, it leads to some wrestling. Yeah, I will say. Um, when I first saw it happen, I was like, man, you know, it kind of got me thinking. Like, the Miz is tag team partners with Champa, who is Johnny Gargano's old tag team partner who is like the father-in-law to Dexter Loomis. So I'm like, could it be Gargano pulling the strings on Loomis or Loomis doing something for Johnny to pull the strings to get Miz away from Champa so they could be reunited? But then, of course, immediately after this segment, Gargano came out on his own and just completely threw that theory, quote-unquote, out the window. So just like there's a lot going on here. So, But I thought it was interesting. I think it's just kind of cool, though, that we're talking about uh, – a bunch of people all around the way. And I think that's the biggest theme in general for why WWE has been so fun is they've taken all these acts that we were getting really excited to see on the main roster that never got the opportunity. Triple H has brought them all back. Like he hasn't missed a beat, integrating them into what he already has. And it's just making it a better show. Yep. Completely agree. Um, so last week, Nestle and Doc talked about Hit Row and mm. how they had a uh, an awful promo and whatnot. I think what they did this week is what they should have done last week because I thought it was gold and a nice little rap, and they should have just used that as their reintroduction. Yeah, no, I thought this played off perfectly because I always like when you're you're literally elevating multiple different things at once. So obviously the male models come out, they're doing their thing, and they obviously have a little thing going backstage with the Lotharios um, and Maxine, who uh, seems to be a little smitten with uh, Angel and Humberto. But uh, I did love how they do this because obviously they came out to have their time and they were just interrupted by Hit Row. I think that's what you kind of have to do because Hit Row, we got we got such a light taste of them when they first debuted. And it was such a light thing and they're cool. And like they bring something unique that I, like we don't really see in wrestling. Like where they can actually put on a legit performance beyond than just wrestling. So it's kind of like that that dual threat like uh, ability that they have and the wrestling is going to come up with it as they continue to get over. So I will say like, um, cause I, I know a lot of people are like, Oh man, there was so much better with swerve with swerve with swerve. And it's like, you know what? I don't disagree because the four of them were awesome together, but I think the reason why swerve was originally added to this faction NXT is because you had three people who were so new to the wrestling world, like so new that you needed like a vet to put with them to kind of help bring them on the scene. Well, guess what? In NXT, in their short run with SmackDown, that did the job. It got them exposure, got them on the scene. But now these three three are here. Now we know who they are. Now they've kind of like, it's time for them to stand on their own. And I think they work for what they are. I don't think you need to add someone random to this stable or whatever. I think they can be fine as this. If you find someone that fits, sure, why not? But I think it's like they already have something good. And you know what? I will say people like they're being like, oh, the crowd wasn't like super crazy for them on SmackDown. Canada isn't exactly the target audience for what Hit Row is doing, I will no. say. So it's not going to work in every city like any act. Like it's it's just not. But they're really talented. They're really good. They're going to get an opportunity. And I am excited to see them back. Yeah, Canada is like Chicago where you get like 
it's like an oddball crowd or Philly. You get oddball crowds that don't always like what you're going to put out. So I thought it was great. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and I am I am curious to see what happens next because I will say my favorite part of this segment is this, uh, it's a gif now is Maxine dancing to hit row and Max right now grabbing her. But it's just like I think like the reason why I said elevating so many different things is I am very intrigued by this Maximum Male Models Lothario storyline because if anybody fits in the male models, it's the Lotharios. But I think Nestle hinted at it last week. It's like seeing Maxine kind of go with them kind of is an exciting thing too. Or if like, Maxine goes with them and then maybe eventually pulls Massey and Monsois away from um, do, uh, Max there. And, you know, so I think there's a lot of different ways they can go with this. It's again, people that were just kind of on the bottom of the roster, not really being utilized. Now, suddenly it feels like everything has purpose. Yep. Do you have any other shine? Um, I did like the, there's a nice little nod where a KO uh, or not KO where Roman Reigns said, I don't owe KO anything. It's a nice little, tidbit for you know a potential feud down the road but just going back to raw and what he said because ko got they had the interference last week and he said tell tell the tell your tribal chief he owes me one so <laughs> yeah no that was good all these little things like they've done a very good job of laying breadcrumbs for a lot of these future feuds and i think that's always what makes like world titles more exciting is just like every single person on that roster should want to crack at that thing so yeah even though roman's in a three-month feud with drew or whatever going on there should be a line of contenders and i like that like mr acknowledgement himself mr hua mr cuck is at least acknowledging some of these contenders yep yeah it was good to see as like, like you said nice little breadcrumbs leading to something else potentially down the road Oh, absolutely. Do you got any other shots? Should we go to the heat? We can go to the heat. Get them off my TV. Get them off my TV. Get them off my TV. I don't want to steal his gimmicks. You know, I got to to say it like. Yeah, change it up a little. Yeah. What do you got, TJ? What was your biggest heat of the week? Um, So it pains me to say this, but Trish Stratus on the mic really, really burned me a lot. Because, you know, Trish is nice to look at. It's nice to see, you know, her come back. And, you know, she was, like they said, you know, she walked so everyone could run. But boy, was she bad on the mic. Like, yeah, it never really, like, bitch Trish was okay on the mic, but babyface Trish, I mean, it's hard to be a babyface on the mic, but also from the era Trish was in, they weren't really given these opportunities too often. Yeah. So it definitely, like, we see it with a lot of these, like, returning women from that era that uh, it certainly can be a little challenging. But hey, you know what? I'm always stratified when Trish is there. And I will say this the one positive of Trish being so bad on the mic. It allowed Bianca to come out and look like the best on the mic that she has as a babyface in a long time. Because, like I said, it's hard to be a babyface on the mic, but Bianca came out, looked like a badass, put Bailey in her place. So, and Trish out of nowhere had a Canadian accent. I don't know where that came from because she definitely didn't have that. Yeah, no, that was, I think someone said it in the thread. I don't know if it was you or someone like, oh, Trish picked up a Canadian accent for the night. It was like the opposite of Kofi Kingston. Like, Kofi lost his Jamaican accent. She just got a Canadian accent out of nowhere. Oh, man. I guess it's yeah. like me. I pick up my Boston accent when I hang out with people from home. So, Oh, yeah. No, it definitely can come out. But it, it was. It did seem like, uh, you know, a little Kofi-ish with his Jamaican accent a little bit when it kind of popped up there for sure. Uh, I mean, honestly, TJ, I don't have uh, a ton of heat. But, yeah, this segment certainly wasn't like the star pupil of uh, promos uh, by any means. Um, I am curious because uh, I know you're a big Bailey guy. We didn't mention the shine. She did return to the ring this week against hometown girl Aaliyah. Yeah, and Aaliyah was crying because, you know, got her little hometown crowd action going. Um, it was good to see Bailey back. Of course, I'm a big Bailey fan, so it was good to see her back in the ring. Uh, 
<laughs> I had to put this up. Doc's on on this one. He says uh, Bianca's dumper was on point. So, uh, yeah. So was Bailey's. And so was yeah, Bailey's. Yeah, I mean, battle of the dumpers, I guess. Uh, and Burst saying Dakota's one line of we don't care made him pop. Yeah, yeah. no, it was. I think, like, Dakota, like, I think less is more always with her talking. But I think it just makes it more effective. And, I mean, I love Dakota's accent, so I can listen to her talk all day. But, again, like, not the strongest promo. But I think, like, having Bailey kind of lead the way and have Dakota and EO just kind of contribute here and there is the way to go. Yeah. So yeah. for me, uh, TJ, I actually mentioned it earlier, and I'm just going to put it in the shine. We don't do this often. I'm in the heat, excuse me. But I don't really have a lot of WWE heat, so I'm just going to put this. AEW has had a lot of heat for me lately, but the fucking trust busters. We're trying to make this a thing. Like, good God, this might be, like, the most uninteresting, worst stable I've ever seen. And I actually, like, I saw it on Twitter for, like, these dark sh- uh, tapings. Someone was doing, like, a live tweet of every time they played the Trustbusters theme. Apparently, they played it, like, eight times during the dark tapings. And people were just walking out of the arena. So, <laughs> literally, get them off my TV. Get them out of my arena. The Trustbusters. Yeah, AEW's actually had a lot of heat. Because, I mean, now they're rushing a world championship match, too. Like... That one threw me off. Hey, you know what? We don't have a lot of WWE heat. Let's just shit on AEW in the heat this week. How about that? Let's <laughs> Sounds go. good Let's to go. me. How about it? Let's talk yeah. about this world title match out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, CM Punk had a great promo. I mean, he was on fire. And then John Moxley came out and they brawled. And then they were brawled again later in the show. And then they randomly on a whim announced that they're going to do a you know unification match on Dynamite this week. No hype, no pomp and circumstance. Just, you know, you have a pay-per-view in two weeks. Like, why not just do it there? So... Yeah, and it's in Chicago, too. So that's why, to me, it's like, I think that they got the internet, obviously, very riled up, being like, oh, my God, Punk isn't playing ball. Punk and Mox hate each other. Punk hates Heyman because of this and that. It's just like, look it. I'm still of the opinion that, like, the MJF thing was, like, kind of like, I'm sure it's real things, but I think they really turned it up to make it, like, something. And, you know, but I, I'm kind of have the same ilk here where it's just like, we like to shit on Tony Khan in a fun way, but he's also like, he's a very intelligent wrestling mind when he has a good idea and using something like this and restaging like a punk walkout or something, I don't think is out of the realm of possibility and it's something he would do. Um, because I still think that, you know, they, I know this title match is supposed to be Wednesday. So if you're listening to this after Wednesday and it happens like whatever, but I'm still thinking some chicanery might be happening here and this match won't happen, whether it's punk doesn't show up or something or something or other or whatever, but, or who knows, maybe it truly is going to be Mox and MJF or punk and MJF or punk and someone else or Mox and someone else and all out. But I don't know. I just have a weird feeling that there might be some bullshit going on with this whole feud. I agree. I think we'll get there when we get to our hopes later. I like that. I like that. And what else on AEW? What else can we shit on? Um, I mean, the three out of two out of three falls match wasn't bad. Um, you know, yeah. the, crowd was, the crowd was chanting, Let's go, Daniel, because they're both Daniels. Like, it was kind of lame. I mean, it was the, yeah, whole, I, the whole show was kind of you know what else I want to shit on because we haven't done it in a while. Is uh, hey, TJ, do you know who the AEW Women's World Champion is? No, you don't, because she's never on TV and she never wrestles. That is the biggest paper title in all of wrestling right now. Look, we love Thunder Rosa here at the Jabberknocker, but by God, by God, let this woman wrestle. Get her on TV. And oh, by the way, they introduced another new title, the All-Atlantic Championship. Where the fuck is that? Oh, wait, Pac's been defending it on Dark and Elevation. Are you kidding me? Then we have this bullshit trios title. Good God, man. I can complain about AEW all day with some of this shit. There are parts that I love. Acclaimed Gun Club, A+. A plus Orange Cassidy, anything he touches, A plus still loving Wardlow. But good God, the rest of their show right now is fucking terrible. 
Yeah, it's pretty bad. I haven't watched it in a while too, and I just popped it on just so I could, you know, be ready for today. And Doc, it's interesting how you spelled my name there. I like that. But uh, you know, I did. I definitely brought some things back with me from Vegas because I've been sick as a dog uh, pretty much since. Hence why I'm drinking my uh, piss concoction here uh, of emergency. But yeah, no, it's uh, it, ha it hasn't been the easiest. I've uh, luckily I've been working from home. But ooh, ooh. Ooh, and you're angry, and now you're going all fired up from AEW. So I know. So we're just going to get hopeful. Glorious, you're my only hope. Hit me with your AEW hope take. So we talked about AEW a little bit. We talked about the match that's going to go down on Wednesday. Um, I don't know who's going to win. I have no predictions. It could go either way. I'm thinking Mox is going to win because I think CM Punk's still hurt, but we'll see. But just like when uh, they had the unification match in Raw and back in 2011 and CM Punk return, I'm expecting an MJF return. And I think they're going to set up MJF for us to winner at All Out. And I think it's gonna, I think it's about time for MJF to be crowned champion. It's been too long. It has been too long, and I think it's MJF's time. So, hey, that's a hope I can always get behind as a big MJF guy. Um, I, I look at, I would be cool with that. Like I said, like the cool thing about all this going on right now is I think there's a ton of moving parts. Um, we're waiting for the MJF show to drop because it sure did seem, and I think I read something like even before, I don't even know if this is true, maybe I imagined it, that he kind of wanted to take the summer, summer off to rest for injuries, so the storyline kind of fit, but I don't know. It just So I, I think that it's one of those things that when he does come back, it's going to be awesome. Having him come back and immediately win the title would be fucking awesome too yeah. because, but uh, I am curious because, like, like, I mean, Dom's saying the title's going to go right back on Punk, and it very well might. Hell, I'd take Punk MJF too, but I don't know. I just... I, I'm calling bullshit on Wednesday. You're calling a box win. Uh, Dom's calling a punk win. So that's what's cool about this is, you know, as painful as it kind of has been and disoriented and weird, like the coolest thing about wrestling is when you can't really predict what's going to happen. And AEW is at least nailing that with this right now. Yeah, because it could go either way. I I originally thought it was going to be Sam Punk, but he still looks hobbly on that foot. And I mean, he seems like a, he's a perfectionist, so he's not one to go out there and you know, yeah, but a shit match. CM Punk is also really, really good at fucking with you. So I could also see him like faking that limp and all that bullshit. But maybe he's faking it to the rain on Wednesday. Just and he goes and he smiles at Mox and just beats the piss out of him. So I think there's a lot. That's again, it's like there's a lot of different things going on here. It's hard to predict. So I think that's good. It's a good hope. I'm pro MJF. My hope, though, you know what? We're going back in time, TJ. Emma is now officially a free agent. She's dating our boy Madcap Moss on SmackDown. Sorry, Guthrie, he's not available. Um, so my hope belongs with Emma. And it's also like it's not just that Emma returns to WWE. Sure, she can return soon, do her thing, probably be on SmackDown. You know, maybe make some Emmalina jokes along the way. Have her come back as a badass she was. Because Emma was a badass. She is a badass. Love to see her back. But my hope goes longer than that. Because we get to the Royal Rumble. Da, 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 da. At, at number one, out comes Emma. She's doing her thing. Then there's kind of a pause. And you know, someone else returns, TJ. Paige returns at the Royal Rumble at number two. We get an ode to the takeover match of Emma versus Paige, which was an awesome part of, uh, I think, the beginning of the Women's Revolution. I absolutely loved it. It was our, my introduction to both those women. And I think that would be a cool Rumble moment to kind of, like, bring back to that. And it also brings Paige back into our lives. So that's my hope. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Hashtag JC knows. Emma, Paige, 1-2 in the 2023 Royal Rumble. 
that is a great hope that I can get right behind because Emma was great, Paige is great, that feud was amazing. So, yeah, no, no, we got some shout outs here from uh, Doc. He's saying, spelling my name a different way. Yeah. JC is killing it, and he also uh, says, TJ, he's filling in admirably. Spelled out like tea, like the tea you sip. Also filling in admirably. So we appreciate the love, Doc. Uh, but TJ, we're through the hope now. It's time to go to a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. We kind of like, you know, we're a little lukewarm on her earlier. But my comeback's going, to, oh, it's like rock and roll. I'm giving it to Trish Stratus, man. Trish Stratus is a stud. She, her and Stacey Cuba were my favorites growing up. Absolutely love Trish Stratus. Stud in the rain. Mediocre on the mic, but it doesn't matter. She's still getting my comeback this week. And it's always nice to see Trish Stratus, but my comeback of the week was Johnny Gargano. Johnny Wrestling came back, of course, you know, my favorite wrestler. So it's always great to see him come back. Um, the internet virgins all thought he was going to be on Dynamite this week because they're in Cleveland. And they're like, oh, Johnny's going to debut. Johnny's going to debut. Nope. He's on Raw, popped up, and, you know, the rest is history. So we'll see where he goes from there. But, you know, there's a wide open door with Triple H booking it. Triple H goes to AEW and says, give me your virgin tears. <laughs> I know. They keep simming, they keep posting the, uh, the picture of Triple H with the Thanos glove and added Johnny Gargano to it last night. So there's still one more to go. So. Exactly. There's the big one in the middle, which, uh, you know, people are fiending for a certain someone. Uh, and I think, honestly, they probably won't be disappointed at some point. I think that will happen. But, yeah, no, it was great to see Gargano back. I'm a, We're pretty much the Gargano fan club here of the Jabberknocker, me and you. You know, Nestle kind of like... Sometimes he gives him respect. Sometimes he doesn't. So this was a perfect week to DFA his ass and bring you in because with Gargano back, I was like, I literally was thinking when I asked you to come on, I think it was Sunday. I'm like, could you imagine if Gargano randomly returned on Monday, how cool it would be? And boom, here we are. So, you know, it was a perfect, perfect guest host time. for that. Sometimes fate just happens. And Doc says Nestle fucking stinks. We couldn't agree more. Love you, Nestle. uh, But still, you fucking stink. Uh, We're going to the big old finish in uh, TJ. We have a lot of stuff to get to this week. Uh, we have on SmackDown, we have a last chance fatal four-way of the eliminated teams. I'm curious who you got. Oh, God. I don't know. It's, it doesn't matter. I don't even remember who's in it, to be honest. I think they're going to lose to Raquel and Aaliyah anyways. Because yeah. my original finals was Kai, Sky, Raquel, and uh, Aaliyah because I love the Raquel-Dakota dynamic. And I think it's also cool that Raquel continues to just, like, carry tag team partners around. Like, I think that's a cool storyline. Um so that still makes sense, but I hope the real tag team of Dewdrop and Nikki Ash wins. But I have a feeling, um, when in doubt, Natty must pose. So uh, I'll pick yeah. Natty and Sonya, I guess. Yeah, rematch. it makes sense. It's, it have another rematch. I mean, it's all about Kai and Sky anyway. So like, they're gonna win it all. So I, I agree. The other match on SmackDown is uh, part like fifteen of I don't even fucking care because it's awesome. Pew 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 pew. Ricochet versus Happy Corbin. Yep, Ricochet all the way. He needs yeah. to win. Absolutely, and I think I like what they're doing with Corbin, where uh, he just uh, keeps losing. So uh, that on Raw TJ next week. I don't know if you saw, but he's back. Kurt Angle, I love this. Like Triple H is like, you know what? All these people who said they didn't want to come back, we're bringing them all back. I'm excited for a Kurt Angle appearance. I hope he goes back and forth with Shush, please, Master Gable. That would be awesome. It would be great to see the two of them go mic mic to mic, but. It's interesting that Triple H keeps bringing out all these veterans just to, you know, parade them out and you know, just show off. But it's better than AEW using them as timekeepers, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's something in wrestling I've never minded because it can be done too much for sure. But I think, like, every now and then, especially in Raw, you have a three-hour show, just 
give me a little something like that. And it does allow you to pop a little bit of a casual rating if you kind of mix and match with who it is. So I don't mind it at all because a lot of these people feel fresh because we haven't seen them in a while. So I think for now, uh, it's great. And uh, Doc brings up a good point. If Angle dropped a shoot on off the table, that would be gold. That would be great. Adi, uh, would you like to go to NXT or AEW next? Oh, we'll do NXT because that's tonight oh. as we record. So Well, we're going to do the fancy schmancy screen sharing here so i can show you what's on this tuesday on nxt we have gallus scrapping with josh briggs and brooks jensen for the nxt uk tag team titles yeah i think gallus you know after their little invasion last week or yeah last week it's nice to see so i think they're they're gonna win that one Really? See, I think it's probably going to be a little bit of retain here, but I it is curious because they do have Worlds Collide coming up that maybe they do want an NXT UK team to have the tag titles. titles, titles, titles. Uh, so you might be right, but uh, you know, it's one of those things. I like Gallus a lot more than I like Briggs and Jensen, so uh, I can I can agree with that. We also have uh, Wendy Chu and Tiffany Stratton probably putting to bed their feud in a lights-out match. It's kind of exciting to see two women who not aren't really like champions at the top of the card getting an opportunity to shine in a lights-out match. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I most very recently got Tuesdays off from work now, so I've actually been able to watch NXT again, which is very nice because I hadn't been able to see a lot of the 2.0. So uh, I've been, you know, excited with Wendy Chu. She's been doing a great job, so it's good to see. So hopefully she gets the victory. Yeah, and NXT 2.0, TJ, obviously, like I've said many times on the show lately, it's my favorite weekly show. So if you're missing out, it's a good time as any to get back in. We also have the debut of the Grayson Effect with Apollo as the guest. I'm excited for this because if anyone deserves a talk show, it's Grayson Walla. Yeah, Grayson Walla is great on the mic. So he's, you know, worthy of a talk show. Yeah, and when him and Apollo do eventually wrestle, it'll be a super hot fire match because Grayson is an absolute stud. Uh, that is all that is uh, on NXT, so we can jump over to AEW here as I will pull that up as well to give you a visual stimulation to titillate. I feel like AEW is not getting ready for their pay-per-view. Usually they have like 20 matches booked. So like They only had four last time I checked. Well, this big one right here in the middle, uh, Punk and Moxie, I think, is a big shoe to drop. So, um, obviously, we talked about that earlier. You gave your hope. Um, I still think chicanery. You think Mox is going to win. So, we don't really need to hit on that again. But they do have uh, a bunch of other things here on the card. We have Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, taking on the girl that Nestle couldn't say her name last week, Kylan King. I think DMD's got the victory there. I think Kylan's out there just going 500 in her wrestling record, so... I would think so. Over here also on the bottom left, you have a battle of the guns. Billy Gunn taking on son Colton Gunn in a father versus son match. Hey, you know what? The gun club was nothing to me. So they put them with the acclaimed. Now I enjoy them immensely. So I'm very excited for this match. Yeah, I mean, Billy can still go for his age. So it'll be, it should be a good match. Should be fun. Then we have something else that should be a really good pro wrestling match between Dax Harwood and Jay Lethal. Yeah, when Dax called him out last week, I was kind of caught me off guard a little bit, but it's, you know, he can go, and I think it's going to be a great match. You know, like AW produces some great wrestling matches, so it should be fine. Oh, for sure. Because I, I mean, I could give two shits about Jay Lethal and his faction, but this match will probably have my attention. And uh, TJ, we also get to hear from our boy, Ricky Starks. Yeah, Ricky Starks is great. So, he, I mean, especially now that he's going to be up. I think he's going to be feuding with Powerhouse Hobbs now. So we should see where they go. 
Yeah, no, and that, that'll probably be a pay-per-view match. Those two deserve it. Uh, I do want to go back here to NXT quickly. Uh, Dom says, lights come on to choose new look. That would be cool. Because like we said, when this uh, gimmick started, it's not forever. But it was a good way to kind of get us acclimated with her. I am curious what the next iteration of it is. I just don't know if it's coming yet. Yeah, we'll see. And then we do have one more match on Rampage. Uh, oh, I didn't even say. The Trios tournament. I skipped right over it. <coughs> Aussie Open versus whoever. Who you got? Um, probably the, is it de- is the death triangle, right? Yeah. Death triangle. Yeah. Probably death triangle. It I'm going to pick Aussie nice. open just because Osprey and Omega, it won't happen. Cause I think they want to keep them apart, but fuck it. Why not? Give me Aussie open just to spite Nestle. Uh, and then on <laughs> rampage, we have the other semifinal or whatever quarterfinal house of black versus dark order. That sounds like a squash match. If I've ever heard one, give me house, yeah, of, black. Right? house of black all the way. Yeah. So that wraps up the preview for next week. As you know, give us five stars, five flames on all podcasting platforms. Jobberknocker.com. Check out Dom's NXT article, Joe's AEW article, also Conway and uh, Dom also do the NJPW podcast. Tpublic.com slash Jobberknocker is the merch, all the socials. TJ, floor is yours, whatever you'd like to say at this point. I was just going to make sure you said Tpublic.com slash Jobberknocker. You know, we do, that's what, that's my job right now is working on that and making sure everything's up and running. So we got some new shirts up there. Um, there's another sale coming. I wish I had checked it ahead of time, but there's a sale coming. They have sales all the time. So Nestle is better than the Trios tourney, which should tell you how much the Trios tourney stinks. That's a good point, Doc. That is certainly a good point. <laughs> You hear that, Nestle? You're better than the trio's attorney. You got All that right. in your hat. Nestle's he will be out of timeout. He's yeah. out of timeout next week. He'll be back next week. We'll reunite. We've had a few weeks off from each other, so I don't know if that's going to make us more amenable to each other or more of a blow-up, but uh, hey, we have a short request, TJ, before we get off the air here. Um, I was told not to do Nestle's things because of uh, family family issues, so we don't want to uh, make okay. sure. We don't want his family to think that he stinks. So Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean... Or we don't want he, he doesn't stink. physically stink. He just no. Nestle does a great job. We Nestle's opinion stinks. <laughs> we love to job. hate him, but he does a yeah. great job. He does, and he will be back next week. Uh, so yeah, if you want to hear him and I go back at it like normal, tune in next week for more Jobber Knockery. <laughs>